optimizing your sleep routine helps you get the best rest possible. I recommend pairing Sleep and Relax ASMR along with Jupiter Organic CBD as part of your optimized routine. Jupiter Organic CBD is designed to work like an off button for your daily stress. You won't get high and all purchases come with a 30-day risk-free trial. So if you don't like it, just keep the product and get a full refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Try Jupiter as part of your sleep routine and enjoy the difference. Go to getjupiter.com, code ASMR, and enjoy 10% off. Getjupiter.com, promo code ASMR, for 10% off. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. So, I'm in the market for a car. Just something small, not too big, not too small. Certainly nothing fancy, just something that can get me from point A to point B. Over the years, I've driven large trucks and small little things, but I just want something that's going to get along, be a relatively nice driving experience, and maybe have a little power and speed, but not that much. I'm a very simple guy. There's some brands that I have some goodwill built up over the years for. And then there are some brands that I really don't think of at all. Alfa Romeo, Fiat, Chevy, Chrysler. Um, these are all brands that I know exist, but I haven't really considered... Buick is another, I guess. I guess I'm not a fan of GM brands, really. Unfortunately, I find most of the vehicles to be too closely priced with other brands that offer better combinations of design and style, driving experience, reliability, so on and so forth. That's just my opinion, of course. I'd be interested in hearing for you. If you happen to love GM brands. Now, I know their trucks, you know, their pickups are obviously quite great. Good reputation and so on, but I'm on the market for a pickup truck. I have a friend of mine who has a pickup truck, and I can tell you, based on experience hanging out with a guy and our conversations together, he has probably only placed four or five. He's used the bed of his pickup truck maybe four or five times for something that really needed. You know, I mean, sure, he'll just put things in there that he doesn't really need, but I think he liked the idea of a pickup truck. I think he thought he was going to be using it more often, but alas, he did not. Alfa Romeo makes some nice looking cars. I like the branding and they have come a long way as far as I can tell in terms of reliability and image in the USA. The Julia for me is one of the better looking sedans and they pack some power, I think around 300 horsepower, but 
for 30,000 plus, it's definitely out of my price range. Car and Driver writes on the 2019 Julia. Rich sounding exhaust note, perfect steering feel, agile and lively handling. Let's see, I'm also a sucker for the way a car sounds, which is kind of ridiculous when you really think about it. Assuming you are driving 80% of the time commuting to work or school, and assuming you are driving when most people are driving, which would be early morning and then in the evening, how often are you really going to be able to enjoy the sound of your car? I can tell you personally, most of my driving is in the city, and unless I'm driving at 2 a.m., which is basically never, I'm not going to have the chance to truly enjoy the sound and driving experience of a vehicle. It is a magical experience when you get a nice uh, zippy car, zippy. We use the word zippy to describe a car with some nice pickup. Um, the very few times I've had a chance to do that, um, and I like speed. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not the kind of guy that's going 120 to 40. I, I never do that. But you know, if a highway is uh, 70, you know, I'll, I'll I'll touch 80. I'll touch 85. Then I'll just slow back down and maybe cruise couple of uh, clicks above the uh, speed limit there but I like to go to bed early I don't uh, you know I like to record in the morning before I have to head out to the office and I like to be able to get up early so I can record before everyone else is out there driving and so like the sound of a car, like the zip of a car. Don't know anyone who uses zip to really describe a car. If you use zippy to describe a car, I'd love to get in touch with you just to uh, figure out my alone. Now, maybe you like going to the track and all that, which would be fun then sure, a car like the Julie would make sense, or even a similar vehicle like a BMW 3 Series. Something to that effect in terms of price comparison. And I've also got to say that I like the name of that particular model, the Julia. And I've always thought, how do automakers decide on vehicle names? Why do some use numbers and not actual names? Certain brands like Mazda or Mazda for my Canadian listeners. I think that's how they say it. They seem to go exclusively with the number combinations. CX-5, Mazda 3, etc. Meanwhile, a brand like Chevy go with names, right? The Camaro, the Corvette. Tahoe, so on, and so forth. Personally, I like, and I prefer, personally, I personally prefer 
very redundant. I know, I do that on purpose. I prefer the stylized names, not the number of combinations. I think unless you like cars or love a certain brand, most consumers won't remember a car with number combination. If you ask my sister to point out an A8, she probably wouldn't know what brand I was referring to, but ask her to point out a Sonata, Sonata. She may be able to. Off the top of my head, here are some of the best car names based on my totally subjective perspective and has no research on whether these are actually considered good names by any objective measure. Um, best names, okay. So I'll start with the Julia, like I said, since I've been fanboying over the name of the car. I think it's just perfect. It's a fun sports car, apt name that goes hand in hand with the elegance and grace of the vehicle. Um, and it's not Julio, J-U-L-I-A. Uh, I forgot how to spell Julia for uh, a minute there. But it's G-I-U-L-I-A. And there's just something very enticing about it. Now, if you had a semi-truck with the name Julia, I don't think that would... I don't think that would have gone quite as well, but Julia, a nice Italian, sleek sedan, you know, I think it works perfectly. Another one, uh, best names, I'm trying to think on my toes here. Why do, why do, why does that saying exist, thinking on my toes? Why couldn't you think on the soles of your feet? Why couldn't you think on your heels? Um... That doesn't make any sense. On my toes. I don't even know how many people really say that. So perhaps I am making an observation that is um, useless. But I am the guy that has made uh, a reputation for useless facts and useless information that help people sleep. So the joke is on me, I suppose. Okay, second on my list. On my... Um, top vehicle names that has absolutely no objective measure whatsoever. I'm going to go with the Titan. Nissan or Nissan, depending on how you want to say it, but not Nissan. The Nissan Titan, um, tough sounding name for a truck that is supposed to get tough jobs done. You know, I, I really like that. Um, again, if it were the Nissan Julia, going back to the Julia, which I've mentioned 587 times this episode, um, that would be a terrible name for a pickup truck, you know, for, for rugged work, something that's going to, you know, be, be towing and lifting, you know, you want something that gives you that image of a very tough car that's going to, you know, a Titan, I think is pretty much as good as it gets. Up next, we have the Mustang. Um, classic, memorable, evokes sense of speed, courage, adventure. Um, you know, if it were the, uh, if it were not called a Mustang, it could be called a Stallion, for example. I think, I think uh, it could have been called uh, 
I think that particular model, it could have been a, uh, a stallion and it would have had a similar effect. Up next we have the Pilot, Honda Pilot. Family car that guides you throughout your journey effortlessly like an airplane pilot taking over and gliding you to your destination. I think it's a um, very nice name. I think a lot of people would think of the pilot and kind of associate it with, again, family adventure, safety. Um, and I have no, no reason to believe this except for the fact that that's what I think when I think of the pilot. Um, I'm going to say next up, best car names, uh, I'm going to say Corvette, it's memorable, it's different, I think you can see a Corvette and I think you get an idea for what it is right off the bat. Um, up next, I'm going to go with the Dodge Demon, is it a Chevy Demon or Dodge Demon, I guess it doesn't really matter. I think it's the Dodge Demon. Anyway, pure fun, no nonsense, straight speed, and just ridiculousness. Um, I guess the Dart is another one, you know, but I don't know. Land Rover Defender. I really like that name. It's tough, reliable. Although Land Rover probably means it's not actually reliable. But if you think of a vehicle called the Defender, you know, you're thinking you can off-road. You can travel anywhere. It's going to last you 300,000 miles. If you happen to drive a Land Rover Defender and it's lasted you 200,000 miles, I'd love to get in touch because as an average car guy, because, see, I'm not, I'm not a huge car guy, you know. This is the problem I face with my friends at all turns and corners is they love the little intricacies of vehicles and they have brand affiliation and they love whatever brand or whatever car model that they love and I have my preferences as well so it's certainly not to say that I don't have my preferences but I am not the kind of guy that's going to tell you you know what the transmission is like or which brands have historically good or bad transmissions you know I don't really keep up with things like that I couldn't tell you um, you know where all the all the factories are for each specific brand I couldn't tell you um, you know how big the tires are for a specific model and that's where I get caught up with some of my friends because some of my friends are not car guys at all, or car chicks at all, car women, car car people, whatever the right uh, terminology is. You know, they're not the people that have no interest in vehicles. They couldn't tell you what brand, you know, a um, I don't know, a uh, a rogue is, right? I mean, a rogue what manufacturer makes that or you know but then you have the guys that are like oh yeah 
you know, here are the different trims offered by Honda or Nissan or Chevy or Ford or whatever the case may be. Here's how much horsepower. Here's the torque. Here's the, the transmission. Here's the engine. Here's where the engine is made. So I get into this very not uncomfortable position, but this position where I'm kind of right in the middle. I know a little bit about cars. I know the history of some brands or the history of some models. But I couldn't tell you, you know, how, um, you know, Volvo's reliability has gone better or worse since, you know, creating or since manufacturing most of their cars in South Carolina or in China or wherever the case may be. And I said South Carolina on purpose because I do believe that Volvo has a manufacturing plant in South Carolina. So take that for whatever it's worth. But anyway, yeah, so I'm kind of in the middle. I like the cars. I like brands. I like, you know, but I'm not going to be able to tell you all of these details these vehicles you know so it makes it difficult for me to have conversations with my friends and colleagues because either they have no interest or they have so much interest that they know every little detail about all this somehow and uh, okay I'll finish with the best uh, car model names and I'll finish with LaFerrari which is, you know, brand name included in the model name, European Stylish Fun. Let's go with the worst names, the absolute worst names for car models on this planet. Off the top of my head, totally subjective, absolutely no, um, rhyme or reason other than I just personally think that they're not very good brand names or very good car names. Let's start with the CX-9. Can you tell me what brand that is? If I tell you the auto model is a CX-9. Come on. You should be able to say a model name and almost immediately know what you're thinking of. Um, second on my list is 1500 2500 you know those different uh, ram trucks ram for me really missed an opportunity in my opinion um, i know the 1500 2500 they sell relatively well if not super well maybe but why not why not name the pickup truck something strong that a construction company would be proud to drive while also appealing to the everyday driver Maybe like the Ram Everest, Ram Boulder, Ram Yeti, Ram Gladiator. You know, just something that the average person can pick up and name immediately while also appealing to the blue-collar worker that, you know, uses the truck for its towing capacity. Um, and just, you know... And again, maybe it's just that I tend to prefer stylized names, brands that, you know, car models that I can say, okay, that's 
the Julia, uh, the Miata, the Pilot, you know, the, I'm trying to think of another name here, the Malibu, the Impala, you know, I think these are the brands I get, you know, the Carrera, the Kai, the Kai, Cayman, Cayenne, Cayman. Number three on my list, I'll go with the X5 xDrive 35D. This could be any BMW model, but it's just so wordy and unnecessary. I don't mind X5. I think it's nice, actually, but it's so wordy. I wish BMW would keep the model names and trims more simple. You know, like MX5, uh, X5 Lux, X5 Premium, X5 you know, uh, GT, X5, uh, you know, I don't know, X5, uh, uh, excellent, excellence, I don't know, anything, just X5, xDrive, 35D, you know, I, if I don't tell you that that is BMW, you may not even know what it is, and I think that is a big problem for Next, on my very unsophisticated list, I will put the um, QX60. It's long, it's sluggish, and I like Infiniti and their styling, but again, QX60, just nothing that really rolls off the tongue. Um, I'll go next with the Cadillac XT5. Uh, Cadillac usually gets it wrong on naming, in my opinion. The grand exception here is the Escalade, of course. A very, very large exception, indeed. I had a uh, friend in high school whose parents basically just gave him uh, their old Escalade for him to use as a daily commuter. And he had to fill the thing up. It seemed like to me like every three days it's paying like eighty dollars on gas. Nice vehicle, just so large. I mean if you're not hauling like seven people at a time, I don't see why anyone would get such a large vehicle. And um, you know, the last the worst car model, I, and I, I actually did a little bit of research for this one because I knew I wanted to get into this, um, to the shock and dismay and surprise of, I'm sure, many of you, I, I, I do prepare a little bit uh, prior to each episode. The level of preparation is not uh, huge, but I am sure the vast majority of uh, my listeners would um, assume that I go into this uh, blind and solo and uh, unprepared, but I did prepare one bad name, and it is the Mazda Laputa. Who could forget the Mazda Laputa? Laputa, for those unaware, means um, streetwalker. Yeah, the streetwalker, if you get my drift in Spanish. You know, like a streetwalker is a 
you know, so Mazda for some reason named a vehicle Streetwalker. Very short-lived model, only in production from 1999 to 2006. So well done, Mazda. Yeah. So that was that was my best and worst list. Now it could be a personal thing, but I also find the styling on certain older vehicles just to be terrible. They aren't distinct. They aren't interesting. And uh, perhaps the ugliest vehicle I ever saw was the Buick Rendezvous. Not a bad car name necessarily, but my goodness, one ugly duckling of a vehicle. And they only made them for about uh, five years, I believe. Now, funny enough, the Rendezvous was a major success for the first couple of years for Buick. Uh, I got this from Wikipedia because, again, I prepared and I knew that I wanted to discuss ugly vehicles uh, during this auto ramble. The Rendezvous was a badly needed success for Buick, given the decline of its aging customer base and single-handedly brought a large number of younger, wealthier Conquest buyers into Buick showrooms who otherwise wouldn't have considered purchasing a Buick. In fairness to Buick, the Rendezvous was about $7,000 cheaper than the Acura MDX, but in either case, I would have preferably, I would have probably preferred to save a few extra a uh, couple thousand dollars over the course of a few months for the Acura over the Rendezvous. Um, but, alas, despite the initial success of the model, sales quickly dipped. Um, I knew someone whose father drove the Buick Rendezvous. Every single time I saw it, I was a bit repulsed by the overall design. Design is subjective, I do understand that, but I challenge you to Google Buick Rendezvous and tell me you find this vehicle to be beautiful. I'll wait for your emails. And with that, I will quit rambling. If you'd like to give me your thoughts or comments on anything mentioned in this episode, you can always reach the show by emailing hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always, and take care.